pulling all of this together, that's what we mean by economic development, how we are saying move into equity, taking small and diverse businesses and showing how they can expand and grow and move to where the money is. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. You're joined again by your two favorite hosts. I'm Adam Moore here with Chloe Goodry-Reed, and today we welcome Vicki Irwin-Brown, the General Manager of Supplier Sustainability and Equity for Southern Company. Vicki is a supplier diversity and supply chain professional who collaborates with corporate leaders, business unit purchasing influencers, diverse business advocacy organizations, and entrepreneurs to build relationships that support the development and growth of small and diverse businesses. Vicki, welcome to the show. It is so great to have you here with us this morning. Good morning, Chloe and Adam. How are you today? Doing very well. Great. Doing very great. well. I think it's a it's a testimony today to how we are now a digital mobile society because <laughs> As you can tell from my background, I'm not at my house. I'm actually up in New York this morning. So, you know, I, I kind of feel big deal. You know, it's like coming live from New York. Yes. <laughs> and, and I feel like a big deal because you're in New York. <laughs> yes. Yes. And making time for us in New York. Yes. That, yes. Right. Vicky Are you kidding? <laughs> as soon as I heard, as soon as I heard Vicky was the guest for the show, I called up Michael, who helps coordinate all this. I'm like, you've got to move this out by a half hour. It's like, I am back to back all day. I have to have this. I have to be there. You've got to make this work. So thank you guys so much. Yes. I'm so excited to get you on, Vicki. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and yeah. tell us what sustainability and equity means at Southern Company? Oh, yeah, that'd be right. Awesome. So thank you for having me today. And um, in my role as general manager of supplier sustainability and equity, I will share with you that this is a newly developed role. Mm, we, yeah. um, uh, at, in the July of last year, um, our CEO wanted to do something different in our organization uh, with our diversity, equity, and inclusion. And mm. we've always had these uh, attributes and values within our company. However, he wanted to elevate the company's commitment. And so this new framework was developed called Moving to Equity. And mm -hmm. the pillars are around uh, our internal talent and in our workforce, right. what we can do in the community, what can we do from a social justice perspective, and then mm. what can we do in the supply chain, supplier diversity space? Mm. And so our organization, as you may know, Georgia Power, which is 
um, the largest subsidiary of Southern Company, largest operating company, has had a supplier diversity formal since 1978. And we were the first electric utility to put one to stand the program up. And so we've had supplier diversity for a very long time. However, the new elevated commitment said, what can we do new and what can we do different? So the traditional supplier diversity is still here. We still have our consultants. They work with diverse and small businesses. They work with our business units on what the upcoming procurement needs are. And they also work with our supply chain team. Well, the elevated commitment is the part that I am so honored and privileged to lead. It's our supplier sustainability and equity. And it's all about what can supplier diversity do to support our overall ESG goals. So the programs that I work with, uh, first of all, we have an overall overarching goal that says we will increase our MBE spend to 20% by 2025. And our total diverse, which total diverse is measured with MBE, woman-owned, and veteran to 30%. Today, we're about at 25% total diverse spend. So we just have a little way to go there. So part of what I do now is not just the, only about the supply diversity traditional, but I work on workforce development projects. I work on economic inclusion. How can we find access to capital for our diverse suppliers? How can we help them build and shore up their infrastructure so that they can sustain and grow? So there's a lot going on differently. It's new for me. And also the other piece is is the sustainability efforts around our supply chain. How do we incorporate sustainability? How do we work with our suppliers to see where they are on their goals with moving toward net zero emissions. So all of those things are going on now in this new role. And I'll tell you, some of it is new to me, the sustainability part, and I'm learning it as I go. But it's quite interesting. And um, I think it's the the wave of what we're going to see supply chains and supply diversity teams do going toward the future. That is absolutely amazing. That's something Chloe and I talk about all the time, right? Yeah. is supplier diversity, your formal supplier diversity department, being part of your ESG team, your ESG reporting, your ESG think tank. So that is world-class. That is amazing, Vicki. But one real quick question. So part of our audience is also other supplier diversity professionals, whether they're in a full-time role or they're doing a part-time for their company, right? Just They're just trying to do the work, which is admirable. But I think you touched on something that all of us, whether we are full-time supplier diversity managers like yourself and, and, and me, or you're part-time, or you're just even thinking about it, and that's the sustainability piece, mm-hmm. right? I think that's something that's something that's happened in the last 24 months. I think we all saw it on the horizon about three, four years ago, yeah. but in the last 24 months, it seems like, oh, supplier diversity is now the sustainability. I like to call myself the recycling police. Um, <laughs> I love that. Just to make fun, right? Just have some fun with it. I love it. It's, it's way more than that, people. I don't trust me. I don't have somebody put a comment going, it's more than recycling, Adam. I know it's more than recycling, yes, guys. it is, yes. But talk to us, Vicky. But to that point, sometimes it's hard for us who have been doing supplier diversity for years to go, sustainability, zero, zero carbon emissions. <laughs> okay. Talk, just really quickly, where have you started doing some research? Give us some, some tips. Where does Vicki Irwin go to help fi- figure out sustainability? I'm going to share with you all, you, you, Adam, you are so right. 
finding where we go as professionals in what we do in the diversity space and in and learning more about the sustainability. I'm going to tell you, we were fortunate enough to find an organization of electric industry group that had already been in, in formation for probably three, four years now. Yes, it's the, and, and it's, you know how everything is alphabet soup, I'm trying to get it right, but it's the electric industry utility supply chain sustainability group. And major utilities across the nation are members. And a couple of weeks ago, they had their annual conference where we talked about best practices around sustainability and supply chains. We talked about where, what are the new trends and what we're looking at, what, what, what are areas we need to do? Where do we need to skate to where the hockey puck is going? And, uh, and so I'll share with you, that has been a major resource for us. And I would encourage um, anybody that's doing this, if you can check with your industry groups, you know, maybe through NMSDC or some um, colleagues you have in your industry and see if those sustainability groups are there. But I'll tell you uh, straight out the gate, some things that we're working on that the group was already working on was looking at some of our large major suppliers and understanding what their sustainability goals are, but uh, specifically around scope three emissions. You know, what, what are some of those scope three emissions that are not contributing directly to your, your normal day-to-day operations, but looking at how, how they are tracking them, uh, how, can, how can they report them to us, how can we monitor and align them with where we are? And that's just on that environmental side. But then on that, that social side, we talk a lot about supply diversity. Where, where are organizations going with that? And, and sustainability, in my mind, I look at it, you've got the environmental stuff that goes on. But what about sustainability of these small and diverse businesses? Because even though we're we're doing work with these small and diverse businesses, we don't want a one and done contract with them. No, right. And, we, no. and Adam, no. you know, we see a lot of that. That there yep. are yes, there ma'am. are companies mm-hmm. that just want to get to the billion dollar roundtable, or they want to have a number, but they that those businesses don't sustain. Meaning, they get one contract, but how do we develop and grow them? How do we make sure they can continue? So that's part a large part of my role that I look at is supplier sustainability. So a couple of things we're doing, really exciting this month, October, is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, right? Nice. It's Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And both of you probably already know cybersecurity is a really huge, important area right now. So when we talk about small and diverse businesses, we all know most of them probably don't have the resources invested there. And the government has is starting with some new standards that they're going to be putting out. And I think it's called CMM2 or CMM3, which is a right. governance protocol. Yes, three. three. Yes. Yep. Yep. A yes. governance protocol that small that any business has to be able to show the government they have in place to do business right. with the government. So what we're doing at Southern Company in recognition of Cyber Awareness Month, in recognition of our efforts to sustain and grow companies, we are doing a pilot program with five uh, diverse businesses. 
Mm. We have hired an MBE cybersecurity company, and this is mm. a six-week program over six weeks, a couple of hours a week, where we're going to do a pre-assessment of their cyber assets, see where the mm. weaknesses and gaps are, come in and do the program that gets their uh, compliance up to the federal CMM3 standards, do nice. a post-assessment, and we're doing all of this free of charge for the five that are in the pilot program. That is wonderful. That is fantastic. I mean, that those, is a, so, those kind of okay. things are just really what moves the needle, I think, with small businesses, because sometimes you you may know, but then it takes so much time to then research like where you should actually get the training or who you should reach out to be a resource or to, to, to do the service for you. And then the cost of it sometimes, you know, it just, you have to pay the cost before you even can see the benefit. And I think it, depending on where you are in your growth stage, it can be a lot for, for some of these companies. I mean, we're talking about sometimes six figures, you know, just to get these assessments done, SOX 2 and all of these other compliance around cyber. So that's an incredible thing that you guys are doing for some of your suppliers. And we talk about sustainability. I mean, that's really kind of helping them grow and getting them in a position to get other business with companies that are now requiring this of them. And you know, it benefits us also because these Absolutely. suppliers do business with us. We, we work on, we're responsible for the electric grid. Yeah. We have to insure our cyber assets. And so as I look, when we thought about this, I said, hey, and I met this company, believe it or not, in 2019, the um, MBE that's doing the program for us. And, and that's another thing. We're, we're doing business with an MBE who is going to be helping other MBE veteran and woman-owned businesses. So, we're, you know, it's all about that cycle of money. That cycle of money. We've got to keep that cycle of money uh, going throughout our small and diverse business community because they're the ones creating jobs. Um, so that I'm excited about this cyber program. I'm excited that it's a pilot, you know, and Chloe, to your point, I met with an uh, MBE company last week for lunch, and he told me that he had been getting quotes around this very program that we're looking at that were, like you said, uh, up to six figures. And so when I talked to him about the program that we're working on, he said, that's that's valuable. That's valuable to a small and diverse business. So if we can launch this program, learn it, tweak it, see how we how it works, I'm hoping that going forward through the next few years, we can continue. I know we, I, we probably, we can't help all of our diverse companies, but yeah. we can, you know, we can pull in groups of them and help as much as we can. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. And, and it's one of those things too, we hope we help this one, then they reach back and they help another one. So then by proxy, you know, it kind of grows. Right. But I, I think you hit it on the head with, with the whole cycle of, of money, right. That cycle of wealth. And what we have to remember is these small and diverse businesses, this is where wealth is generated, right? Mm -hmm. This is where wealth is created. It's not in the fortune 50s and the fortune 100s, right? Mm -hmm. It is in these small MBEs, these small diverse, these SBA level companies. And we as corporates have to realize that if we want to do well as corporates and keep our shareholders happy because we keep our costs down, we keep the small and diverse business ecosystem alive, well, healthy, and competitive. Absolutely. Right? Yes. And that's one thing. And that's what I love hearing about this program. You're going to make somebody else competitive in that market. Yes. It's great that they come in and say, hey, we're a cybersecurity company. And you know, Vicky and, and Chloe from our work, we sit there and go, that's great, but mm -hmm. I'm in a regulated industry, yes. right? Right. 
and I love it. Now you guys, Southern sitting to go, yeah, we get it. We're regulated industry. Let's actually teach you how to work with us. Let's make you a company that can work with yeah. us. Let's make this happen. Right. That is world class. And I am going to be so excited to talk to you after the, after the pilot's done and you guys are doing kind of that wrap up, how that worked. Right. Cause I think that's something that yeah. we could, you know, uh, other firms, need to look at Southern and go, how did you do it? Yes. Teach us how to do it because we yeah. need to be doing that. And, and I do know that some of this is going on at the NMSDC level. Sure is. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, but the what we wanted to do is we wanted to offer this at no cost right. to our suppliers that. because I love that. We we want to, you know, invest in them. That's that's the other part of our moving to equity. It's not just about the spend. We have four areas that I that I work on in supplier sustainability and equity. The first one is about spend. How do we increase our revenues with with diverse and uh, small and minority owned businesses? And and one of the areas we talk about is our inclusion rate and increasing our pipeline of suppliers, making sure that we're developing them to move along the the, the supply chain pipeline. The second area that we work on is intentional mentoring and developing. Now, everybody has development programs and and I think they're all wonderful and great, but the difference in the development programs that I work on is the intentionality and what I talked about moving to where the, the hockey puck is going, where the trend's going. So an example is on tomorrow, we will be kicking off a mentoring and development program where we have about 15 diverse businesses that we're pairing with about 30 large primes. Now, these large primes are currently doing business for us somewhere in our footprint across our enterprise for ash pond remediation, which is a big deal for utilities. You know, with the coal plants closing down, there's the remediation going on. Billions of dollars are going to be spent across the nation on these projects. And of course, Southern Company has their part that they are going to be spending. Well, there is a gap there for especially minority and diverse businesses that are equipped, have the knowledge, experience, and capital assets to work in this space. So we said, if we know that's where a significant amount of spend is going, we've got to move our diverse suppliers with that spend. We, we can't keep allowing suppliers to just do, you know, facilities and maintenance, janitorial, catering. We've got to move them to where the money is going. And so this program will allow these diverse suppliers to work very, be mentored by these primes, have opportunity for subcontracting tier two, but also learning how to become a tier one in this space. And it's a three-year program. Southern Company has invested resources in this. We've invested our people. We've asked our prime suppliers. So when we talk about intentional development, which is Tower 2, the other thing is we talk about access to capital in the development. So we're working with Energy Impact Partners, which um, is an equity funding and 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 capital access to capital organization for you that's looking at the energy industry. So we have ways that we're pairing some of our suppliers there. So that's intentionality. The third area of supplier sustainability and equity is we are looking at our internal processes. Where do we have barriers 
that are prohibiting or making it difficult for small and diverse businesses to work with us. Insurance requirements, looking at the cash cash needs. So we're not to say that we're lowering standards. We're not doing that. We are not doing that. But what we are saying is, if a small business is coming and we do the risk evaluation, it may not, they may not need those high levels of insurance. So let's look at that. Let's challenge ourselves. And the fourth area, which um, I'm very proud of, is that our CEO wanted to ensure that our large non-diverse suppliers share Southern companies' values around diversity, equity, inclusion. So what we're saying to them is, please mirror our values. One way you can do that is not just through subcontracting, but when you come to serve us on our projects, come yeah. with a team that reflects the community that we serve. Absolutely. Make Love sure it. that the team you bring is reflective of the community that we serve. Our yeah. community is very diverse. You know, everybody yeah. needs electricity, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, so we have right. to mirror, and, and we want to make sure that their workforce develop, development, their work pool, that they are moving towards supply diversity programs, that they are moving toward net zero and looking at all of the environmental impacts. And that's what we mean by mirroring our values. So it's very, it's a awesome. very exciting time for me it right now. Exciting. Yeah. All of this going on, yeah. all this I mean, great work. I, I, I feel, I feel so honored that you've given us this time to even interview. You I today. Know. I mean, oh my goodness. With all that you've got going on, but I love it. So Vicki, you brought up a point that is absolutely golden and I have to take a moment. So just so everybody knows, right, all, all three of us on this show saw this script five minutes before we went live, right? We didn't sit down and have a pre-production meeting, but did y'all hear the word Vicky used in that? Chloe and I use it all the time when we talk about supplier diversity. Intentionality. intentionality. You have to have intentionality when you do this. You can't just sit there and go, we're going to hire diverse suppliers because guess what? That's going to fall flat on its face and it is not sustainable. Right. If you go in and you have intentionality and you know why you're doing it and what is the end game from doing it and who should be involved and you've got everybody joining hands and marching at the same pace. Yes. Now you have intentionality. Now you have mass. And I love the other thing, too, is the CEOs on board. Yes. How many times have we said that if the C-suite's not behind your supplier diversity program, it's not going to work. Just going to be a reporter. Yeah. That's it. You're going to report on spend and you're done. But when you have the CEO behind it going, this is a core value. Yes. And it will be a core value and it will be a core value to everybody we touch. That is how you get stuff done. That is awesome. Yes. And, and, and you know, our CEO and our leadership team this week, I was working on um, this, our updates for supplier sustainability equity that will be shown, shown at the next board of directors meeting. Mm. And so that's how high up this goes. It yeah. is really that's a awesome. value to us in Southern Company is something that it's very important for us to be successful, for us to help our communities thrive and grow, and all of our executive leadership is on board with it. And I hope everybody wrote down the core, four core things that Vicki talked about. And if you didn't, stop, rewind, listen to them, write them down, know them, because those same four core things in any supplier diversity program that you want to be involved in is going to have a flavor of them in some way know them, understand them. That was brilliant. Thank you for sharing that, Vicki. That was, that was gold. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. 
So Vicki, um, you know, we've, a lot of our listeners are also small businesses. Yep. So can you talk to us a little bit about what are the type of opportunities that Southern Company has for suppliers mm-hmm. for either goods or services? And where do you kind of see, I know you mentioned one area, but where are some other areas of growth that you would, you know, suggest that MBE sort of look at or women-owned businesses or veteran-owned businesses? Okay, so from, you know, this, we're in the in- energy industry and the utilities industry. Of course, mm-hmm. we buy everything from from paper to poles, right? <laughs> from the wire and everything. <laughs> but what I will share with you that I would like to see some of our small and diverse businesses um, take a look at is the, the industry is changing. You, I mean, all of the things around renewable resources, solar, wind, our new nuclear facilities that are being stood up, um, electric vehicles. You know, if you look at and read the information from the companies like Ford and GM, they're predicting that the majority of their vehicles to be built by the year, I think it's 2030, is going to be predominantly EVs. Wow. You know, that's amazing. Isn't that? And concerning as well, but yes, amazing. <laughs> it's, it's, okay, it's concerning. And and I like that you said that, Chloe. Yeah. Because in the way I see it, it's concerning for us, especially in minority communities, because we what why? Mm-hmm. Because we have not been probably exposed to the information and oh, data. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, what I, I like to share with our small businesses, learn about all of this that's going on. In order mm-hmm. to have EVs, it needs a EV infrastructure charging, right? Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. like yes. you had the gas stations. Well, that's big, that's a big right. thing that's going on right now. How yeah. many of our electricians do we know that probably don't even know about that? I see opportunities there. I Absolutely. See that's an amazing there. opportunity. You know, um, I see opportunities in energy efficiency space. Where we're mm. talking, looking at homes, there we do have some diverse companies that do energy efficiency audits for us. You yes. know, ele- electricians. Wow, there's such a need for electricians, not just by us, but across the United States. Right. Um, all of the trades. So I would tend to say start looking at, um, you know, what's going on with internet service. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, look at that. You know, look at. And I'll tell them, look at where the money is being spent in this proposed infrastructure bill. Absolutely. Thank you. A yes. lot of dollars are being said for broadband. Yes. For resiliency of our yes. electric grid, roads right. and infrastructure. So, you know, look at those. If you're if you're doing construction, look at how. You may not be large enough to do a large scale project. But I would be building some relationships so that when these opportunities do come along, that I would have some type of connection to maybe be to do a part of it. So mm-hmm. I would say, you know, when I say people say, well, where where is money going to be spent? Well, look at the industries that you want to support and look at the trends. Mm-hmm. You know, I look right. at food and beverage and, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic revealed yeah. a lot for us. Right. Absolutely. The whole food and beverage industry kind of took a little turn here. Look at yeah. the delivery service and think about food trucks. How many companies now they had to pivot and go from the traditional brick and mortar, traditional mm-hmm. brick right. and mortar to now they're delivering food on the food trucks. And right. yeah. that's an opportunity for some of our small businesses. But I'm going to tell you where we 
where I think we miss some gaps is we've got to now expand them out. So, for instance, mm. if we're doing all of this major construction that's going on and we see it here in Atlanta, everything is torn up in Atlanta, which is a good thing. When right. I see cranes in the air, I'm very excited. It's a good day. That's a yes, good day because mm-hmm. money yes. is being spent. But think about if I was a food truck driver, I would be making some alliances with some of these construction companies saying, hey, how about I bring lunch to your site every day? Right. How about I be your major provider? Um, If I was, you know, just looking at your business and saying, hey, if I I don't know how to do road construction, but I'm in the food service business. So maybe I need to find out. Maybe I need to say. Maybe I need healthy choices because people are going more toward yeah. wellness yes. now. You yeah. know, so these are just some of the ideas that I'm thinking about that our small businesses um, look at your, your traditionally what you're doing. I always tell them if you're going to build a business, when you start off, you start off as the technician. You know, yes, you you're the person that yeah. knows how to put the breaker box in if you're the electrician and you know how to wire and do all of that. But as you grow your business, you've got to now become the business owner and leader and the visionary. You, yes. you can't be the technician all the time, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So, I, I call those the CEOs, the chief everything officer. Yes. Yeah. You can <laughs> if you want to grow. You you just can't do it all. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. exactly. But you know, Vic, I think you hit something on the head that we need to probably have a bigger conversation on, right? So when we deal with the NGOs, right? So the NMSDCs, the We Banks of the World. We always have business opportunity exchanges, but it's you're in my firm sitting down with firms like Chloe's, right? Where's the business opportunity exchange between Chloe's business and all the other MBEs that are out there? Where's the business opportunity exchange for the restaurateur and the construction firm? Where's the business opportunity exchange for the electricians and, you know, the the other construction companies? Those are some of the BOEs we need to start developing, I think. And, And when you said that, that really got my mind thinking, I'm like, Oh, we do have a gap. We have a gap that corporate America can fix. And that is pulling all of that together. Yes. And that's a lot of what we do. Yeah. I mean, that's what we spend most of our day doing is connecting suppliers to helping them build capacity. You know, we have, I have suppliers reaching out to me all the time. It's like, Hey, I'm in New York or I'm in DC. I need to try to find a teaming partner in Texas. And then what we'll do is do these sort of introductory sessions where they just kind of, it's usually a group of six, maybe seven. And then they'll just kind of go around telling each other exactly what it is that they do and then exchange information at the end. So it's basically about us just making those introductions and then them kind of taking it from there because sometimes it's just, it's hard to find people who do exactly what you do because I think historically we oftentimes think of it as, oh, they're our competitor, you know, and I don't want to necessarily work with them because whatever, instead of thinking it more as a partnership. And really this can help us scale and grow in a way that, you know, is mutually beneficial because they have working knowledge that maybe we don't. So I think oftentimes people, small businesses maybe need to shift their thinking around that and start thinking about how partnerships can really help them grow and partnering mm-hmm. with other MBEs or tier one suppliers as well, to your mm-hmm. point earlier, Vicki. Yeah, because when you look at it, more than 99% of the jobs that are created in the United States, and this is from U.S. Census data, comes from small businesses. And, you know, small business user class, I think they say less than 500 employees or whatever. But firms like mine and Adam are not the biggest creators of job growth. And so when you think about 
where the spend is, yes, corporations do spend money. Right. But think about all that B2B that Chloe just talked about. Right. Yep. Think about all that B2B. And I think the data that I looked at yesterday said that it's about 40, it was somewhere between 47 and 49 percent of new of jobs are supported by small business and new job creation oh, wow. comes from small business. So yes. yep. um, that that's something that that we need to really think about. Um, mm-hmm. Many times, you know, our our uh, diverse businesses, small business, they come at folks like me and Adam. And I think Adam it's it's really upon us to help direct them sometimes. And we we have to be, like you said, tr- in, intentional, but also honest and transparent. And that's right. what I tell I our small agree. businesses sometimes. Mm-hmm. Your opportunity really isn't with us. Right. This is where I see your opportunity. And yep. I would not suggest you put a lot of resources in chasing us. But no, let no. me introduce you to another company that right. would better fit you right. and let me make that introduction because I don't want to see a small business um, expend resources that I know they won't get a return on their investment from. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. And sometimes we have to realize as part of diversity professionals, sometimes our Rolodex is more beneficial than our contracts. Yes. Right. Yeah. I like that. I like that, Adam, because, you know, they don't use Rolodex no more, but you and I know. No, they don't. I know. I just use the term and everybody, <laughs> everybody knows everybody what it means. Everyone like, understands it. Yeah, everybody well, understands Your it. Outlook contact list. <laughs> my Outlook contact list is more valuable than my contract. My Everything on my iPhone is more valuable than my contracts. <laughs> So, Vicki, with all the programs that you have going on at Southern Company, what are um, some economic development issues that you see really sort of hitting hard on some of these sort of diverse businesses? Yeah, that's a great question, Chloe, because we, you know, many times I say this a lot. When you think about Georgia Power and Southern Company, we Mm -hmm. are energy. That's our industry. But I'm going to share with you Georgia Power is one of the major forces of economic development in the state of Georgia. When major corporations are coming into Georgia, Georgia Power usually is a part of that. Because think about it. You can't do anything without electricity. No, you cannot. You can't do anything (laughs) without electricity. So we are very... And it needs to be set up in the beginning before they do anything. (laughs) It is a major... I think it it attracts businesses to us. So when Mm -hmm. we talk about economic development and economic empowerment with our diverse and small businesses, let me just share our view of it at Southern Company, how what, what we think about it. In August... Well, prior to August, we do a lot of forestry and right-of-way trimming. Mm-hmm. You know, the trees mm-hmm. are falling on the lines yeah. and all that. And oh, yeah. We have yeah. to oh, maintain yeah. that vegetation management and forestry and right-of-way and tree trimming. Well, I will share with you that that is a very labor-intensive and capital-intensive yes. business. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the diversity in there is not quite what it should be. And oh, so Georgia Power looked at that and our forestry and right away in vegetation management, which is uh, headed up here by Dan Burer. He mm-hmm. met with our supply diversity team with Glenda Thomas. And we talked about this. How do we, how do we create an opportunity for a minority black owned business? And yeah. we, we do work with the largest black owned civil engineering firm in the nation, Millhouse Engineering. Oh. 
Okay. And so we approached Neil House and said, hey, what do you think about transferring your skills and setting up a forestry division that mm-hmm. would do vegetation management, right away clearing? Because we have a great need for that across our entire Southern Company footprint, Georgia, right. Alabama, and Mississippi. But we said, let's, let's talk about it for Georgia. So in August, I'm proud to say, through working with a Black-owned business, helping them mm-hmm. to see how they could shift and create a new revenue stream that is very valuable to the industry and helping them stand it up, helping them to find ways to get access to capital, to buy the big, the trucks, the bucket trucks and all of the equipment. The ribbon cutting to start that division was, I believe it was August 8th. And so what I can tell you what economic development means to us, standing up that new division created an opportunity for 100 new jobs. That's oh awesome. Gosh, and that's that's awesome. our resources, we helped Millhouse set up the forestry division. And I have mm. to applaud our leadership in vegetation management, Dan Bureau and, and Glenda Thomas, who works with me in supply yep. diversity. Oh, yeah. And, and just pulling all of this together. That's what we mean by economic development. How we are saying move into equity. Taking small and diverse businesses and showing how they can expand and grow and move to where the money is. So I love that. That's what that's my example of economic development and how you do it through supply diversity. I like it. Move to where the money is. I mean, and I think that that is so important. And I just I, you know, from a small business perspective, representing all the small businesses like that is such an amazing thing that Southern and your brands even think about doing because oftentimes you see companies when there's a need and everyone's, you know, capacity strapped internally, you know, we've got smaller teams. It's like, let's just find someone, let's search on the internet, but being thoughtful about high performing MBEs within your existing organization, maybe they don't offer it, but offering it to them and then providing Mm -hmm. them a roadmap. This is how we kind of want to get this done. I think that that's an incredible opportunity to help Mm -hmm. them grow, to help economic development, but also help meet your business goals. So, I mean, I I just, I think that that's just a 360, just an amazing job and um, more companies need to be doing that. So I'm glad that you shared that with us. Thank you. And that story, we, you know, we, it's been um, in the media and um, definitely may have seen it, but Millhouse Engineering is a top notch minority owned business. Awesome. Yes. I did see it on LinkedIn. I did. So that is wonderful. That is wonderful. But that's the backstory behind that. The why it was to create a, a, help them to expand and grow and to create some jobs in our local area. Yeah. So one thing that we also typically, when we talk about just jobs, obviously this is really important to Southern and it's very tied into the fabric. Um, Can you talk about sort of small businesses and your tier one and sort of what you guys have done to sort of encourage them to mirror some of Southern's policies, because I think companies really struggle with that. You know, it's like, do we want to require this of our tier one? Is it too much of a lift for them? Mm -hmm. You know, all of these various things, but can you talk a little bit about how you guys have been able to successfully do that? Exactly. I'll tell you back in 2019, and back to Adam's point, it is about intentionality. And, and I'll share yeah. something with y'all about the utility industry and the energy industry. It moves slow. Adam's <laughs> folks probably move faster. But because we're- I don't know. <laughs> I don't we, know. Could, we, we might be able to have a race to see who's the slowest, honestly. <laughs> right. 
Right. <laughs> and working in this regulated industry, because we have to be intentional and be uh, aware and cognizant of how we spend money because it impacts our rate payers that, right. that purchase our utilities. And we want that to be fair. We want our rates to be affordable. And so right. everything we do, it, it goes all the way back. It starts with the customer. We want to make sure that we're providing the quality, reliable, safe, affordable yeah. energy that they want. Yeah. And so back in about 2019, we began this journey of how do we increase our, uh, our values, uh, ask our, our primes to mirror, because we know we were moving to this. Before the, before the George Floyd thing, we knew right. we had to do more toward equity. And so one of the first things we did was we worked with our legal team. We worked with our uh, folks in our regions, our executives, to create language that we could call gold plate standard language that we include in oh, our like contracts that. that says, if we award a contract of $750,000 or more to a non-small or non-diverse business, meaning an other than small business or a non-diverse business, we're going to ask you, how can you subcontract 20% of what we awarded you to small and diverse businesses? Yeah. Now, oh. of course, Every yeah. every country, every opportunity or award may not fit that because we got to look at from a business perspective and maybe they only can subcontract 10 percent. Well, whatever right. it is, we're working with our primes to help them identify ways that they can use and utilize small and diverse businesses. We even have roundtable and facilitation engagements where we set up engagements where diverse and small businesses can be in a, in a conference or engagement area with our mm -hmm. clients, similar to what we talked about with the, the mentoring program. And so that's, I think, from my perspective, it all starts, for me, it, it has to be in, in the embodied in the language, how we do business within our processes. Because now we've said to our prime suppliers, by putting this in writing, we're for real. Yeah, we can talk about things all day long. We can talk about it, but you, you have to be able to monitor it. And we do. We monitor it. We, we're, we, we're not where we want to be with being able to record and get in the tier two spin like we want. But you know what? You crawl before you walk. And you do everything in increments until you build up to where you want to be. And that's where we are. And guess what? We have many non-small, large suppliers that are other than small businesses and non-diverse that are more than happy to join us on this journey. And, and they come to us and say, well, where can we go? Who can we use? What, you know, what this is, these are some of the things we're going to subcontract out. We want to do this. How about if we do it this way? And they have ideas as well. And I think that's what this whole equity, moving to equity is about. Where do we have the commonality among our companies? Where, where are our commonalities? Let's not talk about our differences. Let's talk. We, we all want to benefit the community. Of course, everybody wants their business to be profitable unless you're a nonprofit. And then a nonprofit wants to make sure they're getting in enough donations, enough money to cover expenses. But this is not something that we're trying to make a difficult 
uh, difficult for anyone, you know, but we do want our small and diverse businesses to have an equitable opportunity. You know, we can get them to the table. That's equality. You know, we can get them in the conversation and talking about it. That's inclusion. But now we got to talk about equity. How do we look at their individual needs and find out what resources they need? Because they are not starting at the same level on the playing field. So let's just acknowledge that. And equity is about looking at that, looking at what does higher ground need? They're a small woman-owned minority company. You don't have what Google and Microsoft has. And we have to acknowledge that. We as corporations, we acknowledge that and say, okay, we need to help her with some resources. Maybe we can get a small business some cybersecurity resources to help them boost up their cybersecurity. That's about equity because we acknowledge they had an individual need, you know, and and we're helping them to get to where they need to be so that they can have a a great opportunity to build their company, to to play a part in this economy and, and be able to take advantage of economic inclusion. And many of them, many of our small and diverse businesses have not had some of the opportunities, you know, so. I think that's about the economic opportunity, the equity, and the empowering our small and diverse businesses. Well, I love it. I love, love how that. passionate you are too oh, about man. it. I mean, it is just <laughs> oh, really yeah. coming through and all the good work you guys are doing and all the creativity around it, you know, and, and I love what you just mentioned about just helping these suppliers, meeting them where they are, right? So even doing some of these one-off things, I think that that's incredible. It's just helping them grow, helping them with challenges that they may have because all of it helps play into the economic development of your territories. So you guys are doing a great, wonderful Amazing job. Amazing job. And thank I mean, you so all of us, much. All of us needed to have been making sure we were taking notes on this one. This was fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and talents, Vicki. Oh, thank you. And Adam and Chloe, I look for ideas from you all as well and from your listening audience. Is there something that, that we need to look at or, or ponder or come up with an idea? Please share it with me because I'm going to tell you, I don't know everything. And I'll admit that I don't know everything. <laughs> but that's the smartest people. The smartest people always admit that, right? It's like, and that's what helps you to continue be so, to be so great in what it is that you're doing is you're open to feedback. You're open to, you know, information. Sometimes people think they just know it all. And nobody knows it all. Nobody knows no, it all. So, no. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Vicky. Vicky this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you. Thank you. You can keep up with Vicki and her work at Southern Company and find her on LinkedIn at Vicki Irvin. Be sure to check us out and connect with us on LinkedIn at Chloe Reed and Adam Moore and Vicki yep. Irvin. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and check out our previous shows and stay tuned for next time. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.